the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to SoCal Live today. I'm your guest host, Mark Ray. Hope you're having a terrific, blessed Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving's tomorrow and all the excitement begins. And for some people, anxiety is uh, an issue during the holidays. So this hour, we're going to focus on anxiety disorders and how the last 19 months have kind of seen a steep rise with folks struggling with anxiety. With the holidays here and all the concerns about health and uh, what works for you with regards to gatherings, uh, both social and family, mandates in some areas, how can you best approach the season both physically sound and psychologically healthy? We're going to touch on my recent bout with PTSD and anxiety. And later this hour, Dr. Andrea Kohlberg, Clinical Director of Anxiety Experts in the Santa Barbara, California area, will give us a better understanding of what anxiety is and isn't and what practical steps can be taken to better tackle the holidays more successfully. I want to start out with uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all, not just some, all your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. So the Lord is in all of this, and we can't ever lose sight of that. So the clinical definition from Mayo Clinic of anxiety. Experiencing occasional anxiety is a part of life. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reaches a peak within minutes. What do we call that? They call it a panic attack. These feelings of anxiety and panic interfere with your daily activities, are difficult to control, and are out of proportion to the actual danger and can last a long time. You may actually avoid places or situations to prevent these feelings. Well, In uh, 2018, as I mentioned in the first hour, one of the first struggles that I went through and the Lord graciously gave me mercy going through was the loss of my wife of 42 years, Wilhelmina, on March 22nd of 2018. As I was starting to heal and kind of come to a place of trying to understand more clearly who Mark was... One of the uh, hobbies or pastimes that I took up in Big Bear Lake was riding a mountain bike. I started on the road, though, because the mountain trails in Big Bear are pretty daunting, if you've ever been up there. And some of the bike trails are a little more demanding than I should have been even considering taking. In fact, my first trail that I tried to take, it's actually kind of funny, I was going up a trail called Hatchery. And I was about a mile and a half up the trail when I noticed mountain bikers speeding down that trail as fast as they could, pointing downhill, saying, go, turn around, go back down the hill. 
And I'm like, what's the problem? And one of them screamed, mountain lion. That was enough to get my attention. So I rather quickly turned the bike around and went right back down that trail and decided maybe road biking was better. Well, right after my successful uh, Thanksgiving holiday where my family came up and blessed me on my first Thanksgiving after suffering loss there in 2018, on the 28th of November, just a few days after, I was invited by a world-class mountain bike racer who is the son of a couple that I've got to know, the Halls, Mickey and Susie Hall, up in Big Bear Lake. And their son, Chad, asked me to go on a trail with him and some of his friends. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm pretty new at this. He goes, oh, no, we're just going to show you a fun trail. This should be no big deal. So I met them on the 28th in the morning, and uh, we we uh, hiked uh, hiked it up, I should say, rode up. But it felt like I was hiking. I was huffing and puffing, trying to stay up with these uh, 30-year-olds. And, of course, with my ADHD, I still think I'm 30 in my head. So, And I'm pretty healthy, but, hey, these guys are in their late 20s. And they uh, were getting up that mountain with no no hassle whatsoever, no huffing and puffing. So I get to the top. We go along the ridgeline for a couple of miles. And then just before we uh, were going to attempt this trail up there known as Cabin 89, we stopped for a minute because Chad wanted to try because of his uh, YouTube channel. He posts videos from his uh, his helmet cam, his GoPro. He went down a 12-foot vertical drop. 12 feet straight down a boulder like it was nothing. And I should have said to myself, you are so in over your head. You need to tell these guys, have a great ride and turn around and go back down the trail that you came up. But of course I said, Hey, let's go for it. So we started the attack down the trail with the, the width of the trail itself was about six inches. So you don't have much, uh, you know, forgiveness on the bike tires And these guys are uh, flying down this trail. I'm in third position of four riders. And about a mile before the bottom of the trail, we came upon an area that was a straightaway down um, for a few hundred yards, it seemed like. And it was steep. And they just took off like a shot. So I took off like a shot behind them on my 18-pound trek uh, mountain bike that's all carbon fiber that my brother-in-law gifted me. I swear, the first three cars I own probably cost less money than this bike did. So I'm flying, trying to keep up with them, and the trail takes an unexpected turn, which I had this sense in the back of my mind, Mark, you don't know what lies ahead. Maybe this is a crazy speed. And of course, I overreacted. I locked up both brakes. Me and the bike got airborne because my feet are clipped into the, to the pedals, and I went into a tree. And uh, the bike came off, and I continued moving forward until I did a header into a boulder the size of a minivan. I shattered the top of the helmet. My whole body flew another 20 yards in the air. I felt like a rag doll. At the time I hit the boulder, I lost vision. I couldn't see anything. All I could he- all I could do is hear as I felt my body flying through the air. I landed on my face, facing up the trail in the dirt, and I couldn't breathe. Uh, the Australian rider, Addy, amazing guy, 
He was in fourth position. He came up behind me quickly, and I could hear him very concerned. And I told him with what breath I had, I couldn't breathe. And he saved my life by coaching me through, breathing through my nose and out my mouth and making sure I didn't move, that I kept my body right where it was. I'd already lifted my torso so that I was on my knees and my elbows with my face in the dirt. I stayed there for 40 minutes while trying to breathe. I had two broken ribs. I found out later I had broken C1 and C2. I was an inch and a half away from being Christopher Reeve or dead for that matter. Uh, I didn't know at that time. I thought I just had a mad concussion, but I couldn't believe the depth of pain I was experiencing in my back and my neck. And so it took 40 minutes for the EMTs to hike up the trail with a board to where I was at. When they got there, uh, they very gingerly turned me back on my back, put a neck brace on, and uh, I could hear them talking to the uh, the hospital in Big Bear there and getting permission for me to get morphine, which I was more than grateful for at that point, given that pain. My vision had come back after about two minutes, so I could see, but again, it was just so painful just to inhale because of the broken ribs. So they put me on the board, strapped me to a Jeep, drove me down to the bottom of the trail, took, and again, the the crazy thing was the whole time they had my helmet on my stomach and they kept talking about, look how, look at his helmet. Oh my gosh, it's completely crushed. And I'm like, and and they're like, this guy should be dead or paralyzed. And I kept saying to them, guys, I'm not dead. I can hear you. You know, I can hear you. So of course, uh, all I could see was straight up the ceiling in the ambulance. And that's all I saw as they wheeled me into Big Bear Hospital, took me in for a CT scan. And the doctor then came to my face, shook my broken helmet in front of my face and said, if you weren't wearing this, Mark, we'd be planning your funeral. And of course, at that time, my youngest son, uh, Jonas, had shown up at the hospital with uh, my friend Mickey there uh, to uh, pray for me and to uh, just check on me, of course. And uh, they decided, the doctor decided I was over that hospital's pay grade, and they put me in the medevac helicopter. I don't know about you guys, but I've always wanted to go on a helicopter, but not staring at the ceiling of it. So uh, they took me down to Loma Linda for treatment. Um, and uh, honestly, I had no idea uh, what was going to happen. All I could, all I did the entire time I was laying on my face in the dirt there was say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And later, Addie, the writer who came up and helped me out so much, asked me, Mark, what on earth were you telling Jesus thankful for? You just broke your neck. And I said, I was thanking Jesus I wasn't dead because my all I could think of is my kids had lost their mother eight months earlier. And I, if I was to die, I'd leave them an orphan, orphans, right? So uh, as I uh, got my... Uh, treatment at Loma Linda, I was told that I didn't have any displacement of vertebrae. So by the grace of God, the first miracle, I didn't need any surgery, but I had to wear the, the brace on my neck for basically six months, even in the shower, 24 hours a day. So that was a big, uh, that was a big adjustment, something to get used to. 
And uh, the Lord provided for me in ways I couldn't ever imagine during that time. And at six month, at the six month mark, uh, at the point that I could start weaning myself from the brace, which was odd because uh, you'd never think your neck muscles have atrophied from not having being able to use them. The brace is supporting your big fat head in my case. So uh, I would take the brace off, and ten minutes in, I'd start to wobble my head like a like a bobblehead doll, and have to put the brace back on. So it took some time, but I wanted to get back on the bike. And actually, one of the funny stories about the bike was, as I was laying there with my neck broken in the dirt, I was concerned about the bike. Is my bike okay? And and uh, and Addie, of course, in his uh, wonderful Australian accent, said to me, "Mate, if the if the your neck was made out of carbon fiber, your neck would be fine. Your bike is perfect." So I got back on the bike after six months, even uh, with my. Uh, orthopedic surgeon telling me that's not the best idea, Mark, but I just wanted to ride around the lake. Well, by uh, they finally cleared me after a year, and at, one, at the one-year mark, I wanted to start riding again, but I started suffering PTSD. Every time I would just be going down a gradual slope down, I would start to feel myself uh, hyperventilating and getting nervous, and in one case, I actually pulled the bike over and I walked down the hill. I just couldn't do it. So I understand what it's like to be able to have to suffer from what I call what ifs. You know, that's what happens to people when they're suffering anxiety disorder. They are struggling with what ifs, not necessarily a real threat, but an imagined threat. Once again, welcome to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Mark Ray, and we're talking about anxiety and how it's impacting people during the holidays in particular, but especially after the last 19 months. I know for a lot of people, there is a variety of elements of their daily life now that have made anxiety more of a reality than they ever thought possible. Everything from having to navigate where your kids are going to go to school to your own work environment. I have spent the last eight, 19 months, basically, when COVID broke out, I could no longer be a mobile DJ, which I spent the last 39 years doing because all the events dried up. Nobody's having events. So I went to work. I wasn't going to stay home and just sit around doing nothing. And I love to be interacting with others. So I took a job at the busiest Vaughn's grocery store in Southern California, where I live in Big Bear Lake, California. Big Bear's got so many tourists. And especially now with what happened with COVID, everybody decided this was the place, if you lived in Southern California, to escape, to get up in the mountains in the fresh air where the mask mandates are not so serious, where you can go into restaurants without being asked to show your vaccine card. And so I took a job there. I started as a bagger at 60. Four years old. And uh, I proved that old dogs can learn new tricks because within a year I became the closing manager of the store. So I've been interacting with thousands of people a week. That store literally is packed to the gills uh, as soon as it starts snowing and when the summer rush hits. But because of Airbnbs in Big Bear Lake, uh, people have found that that's, like I said, their escape. And Airbnb has said in the state of California, their number one place to go is Big Bear. 
So I'm talking to visitors literally from around the world every single day as well as the locals. And for a lot of people, the stress of the the vaccines, getting the vaccine has been a big issue for so many now. Uh, I know for me, I wound up getting the disease in uh, December of last year. Uh, because not not from work, of all things, you would think I'm talking to – and that – in my check stand, I would see over 350 customers a day. That's how busy that store is. And in other Vaughn stores down the hill, people may see that many people in a week. And I didn't get it from there. No, my 28-year-old son brought it up the hill from his job at FedEx, and we all suffered through it. But um, after that, in March – uh, my doctor had told me, you don't need to get the vaccine for six months or more, but the store was offering it, and that was before anybody was basically starting to sound the alarm that maybe vaccines weren't the smartest call, maybe just your natural immunity was okay. So I wound up getting the vaccine. Uh, and and then, of course, for a while there, before uh, the Delta variant raised its ugly head, we were a lot of us were able to work because we'd been vaccinated without masks. But of course, that has all that's all changed. But I've talked to so many people that have come through my check stand that are still concerned, still worried, uh, want to know why um, people are not wearing masks in certain instances. And again, you see people all the time, right, in the L.A. area that are wearing masks. They're walking outdoors or they're inside their car and they've got a mask on. And you know what? I have determined that I just say, God bless you, whatever you have to do to get through this uh, trial in your in your life. And I can only hope that they're going to be able to navigate through it. And coming up, we're going to be having an interview, as I mentioned before, with Dr. Andrea Kohlberg, who's the clinical director, uh, licensed clinical psychologist for the last 20 years. She has the Anxiety Experts is the name of her practice, both in Santa Barbara, Montecito, and Ventura, California. And also, she happens to be my late wife's sister. So I'm really excited to get her take on all this. And so thanks so much for listening to SoCal Live today. I hope you're having a blessed Thanksgiving week, and we'll be right back. Hello and welcome to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host today, Mark Ray. I hope you're having a blessed Thanksgiving week. Again, it all starts tomorrow. And with me on the line is Dr. Andrea Kolberg, clinical director and licensed clinical psychologist with over 20 years experience. Wow, Anna. She's also my sister-in-law, so don't mind if I'm a little more casual in the way I refer to her. So, Anna, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks how are things in me. Santa Barbara today? It's another beautiful day in paradise. I cannot complain. There you go. So my question to you, again, our subject today is anxiety and how it's impacting people over the last uh, 19 months, of course, uh, with COVID. I'm sure it's had an impact. And I'm wondering if you can just give us a, kind of your definition of, of what anxiety disorder is. Well, basically, the definition of anxiety itself is repetitive thoughts and body sensations that are pretty uncomfortable, but that are harmless. 
and temporary. Those include nausea, heart racing, sweating, shallow breathing, numbness and tingling, things like that. And they uh, tend to make the person, like I said, very uncomfortable. The, they tend to come along with a couple of different lies that pop up in the brain, like this will be harmful to my body in some way, maybe cause a stroke or heart attack, or this will be harmful to my mind in some way. Maybe it could make me snap and do something rash, or maybe it'll just never go down and will last forever. So those are the kinds of thoughts that tend to accompany the repetitive thoughts and the body sensations of anxiety that, like I said, they feel dangerous, but no amount of it can ever harm a person's body or their psyche. Uh, and, of course, it doesn't last forever. It's, it's, it has a beginning and a peak and a downward slope. So is this what you would call um, in the vernacular a panic attack then, or is that something different? Uh, a panic attack is actually just, the catastrophic interpretation of the normal body signs of anxiety that I just listed. So if a person is believing one of the three lies about the anxiety and perceiving it to be harmful, meaning that they think it's going to cause some bodily harm or some harm to their mind or that it will last forever, that's when it reaches panic levels. Even though that can't be harmful uh, in any way either, it's just a an increase, an exacerbation of the normal body sensations. They kind of have a spike for about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, in terms of the definition of an anxiety disorder, that's when the anxiety gets to a level that it interferes with your life. That's what we call a disorder in psychology in general, is when any symptom reaches a point where it interferes with your, your sleep, your eating, your work, or your social functioning. So these behaviors are basically um, prompted by what-ifs, for, more, for lack of a better way to say it? Yeah, the person with higher levels of anxiety tends to have a sort of sticky brain, so they, their, their brain tends to get stuck on certain what-if thoughts, usually about bad things happening in the future or mistakes that they might have made in the past, and then they have a, a spike of these body sensations, like I said, the nausea, heart racing, sweating, shallow breathing, numbness and tingling, or like derealization or depersonalization. All of those are the, the perfectly normal body sensations of anxiety. But what the person does in response to the thoughts and the body sensations can become a real problem. If they perceive it to be dangerous to their body or mind, then they might go about uh, engaging in a bunch of avoidance behaviors or reassurance seeking or even rituals to try and get certainty that the body sensations will go down or that their thoughts won't come true, their what-if thoughts that their brain kind of got stuck on. And any time they engage in those behaviors, they will drive the anxiety up over time. So anxiety lives mostly on avoidance, the first thing I mentioned, that people might do in response to, to the thoughts or body sensations that are troubling them. And the more we avoid things, the more that increases the distressing thoughts and the, the body sensations. So, so we really want to try not to do anything in response to the temporary and harmless body sensations of anxiety, nor the what-if thoughts, because Everyone has them, right? There is nobody who doesn't have right. thoughts about bad things happening, right, in the past or future. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
So with with COVID-19 and all the changes that have happened in society, obviously globally as well, and I mean, has it become more of a problem in in your practice? Have you seen a lot more people that are impacted because of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really the uncertainty created by something like COVID-19 really shoots up anxiety because what anxiety wants above all else is 100% certainty about things ahead of time, right? Anxiety always wants to predict the future and try to determine outcomes ahead of time, which, of course, no one can have. But um, any situation in our lives or in society or the world as a whole, like a pandemic, is going to create a lot more of un- uh, uncertainty and make it more difficult for people whose primary problem is accepting uncertainty. So the, the further you are kind of on the anxiety continuum, which the anxiety disorders sort of range from a simple phobia, like a, a simple focus fear, like a fear of needles, all the way down to our most severe anxiety disorder called obsessive compulsive disorder. And in between there are things like social phobia, um, uh, generalized anxiety, which is characterized by excessive worry. But any of those anxiety disorders, the, the, the problem is coping with uncertainty, accepting most, that most of life is really out of our control and, and is rampant with uncertainties. And so, we really have to be able to accept all the what-if thoughts that we have. And that's part of what anxiety treatment is focused on, is learning, the person learning to accept doubt and uncertainty, which life is full of. Right. So with uh, the holidays now upon us, um, what, what do you say are some of the steps that people can be taking during the season to be more peaceful, less uh, concerned about uh, bad things happening to them and some way to lighten the load. What's the therapeutic approach, I guess you'd say? (laughs) Yeah, the, the therapeutic approach is just the opposite of what the average person might think. The average person might think that, that they need to kind of have positive thinking and, reassure themselves that that bad things aren't likely to happen. However, when you have a, a problem that wants 100% certainty, the best thing you can do is accept that, that some bad things may happen because bad things happen to anyone or to everyone at some point, big or small, and no amount of uh, reassurance can prevent it, right? No amount of rituals or avoidance behaviors can prevent right. Uh, un- unpleasant, yeah, things from happening. So, what what the approach that we take at, at my company called Anxiety Experts is, it's called exposure therapy, and the the entire uh, treatment is based on learning to accept uncertainty and learning to accept the harmless and temporary body sensations of anxiety. So, the first thing really is to accept that that. The body sensations cannot harm you, that no matter how high it gets, it cannot be damaging to you. And then you proceed with your life normally and don't engage in avoidance behaviors. You engage in um, the, the things that you love, the things that you care about most, and you accept that it might not go perfectly, right? Because nothing right. can. 
that it, yeah, that there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be um, errors, there are going to be uh, mishaps and uh, small or large um, problems that come up. And the more we can accept ahead of time that, uh, that there will be um, issues to confront and mistakes that will be made, the, the more we spend anxiety ahead of time and can enjoy our holidays more. Right, right. You know, one of the things I, I saw on your website, I'm trying to remember the phrase you use, is that um, you encourage people to realize that there's nothing that's certain, that everything is kind of a best guess. Is that the right fra- phraseology as far as... Yes. Yeah, okay. Can you explain Indeed. that a little bit? What, I, what does that I mean? This, <laughs> I love the statement that life is a series of guesses and estimates. And, you know, one thing about, for me, being a Christian is it really causes me to, to lean more on God and and just remember how how small I am and how little control we have in life and that 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 I cannot predict the future, that right. I don't have a crystal ball, but God can. God God knows what's what's going to happen and that I don't I don't need to, to struggle to guarantee outcomes and all I can do is make my best guess and I won't I won't have the perfect uh, Thanksgiving dinner. I won't have the perfect relationships. I won't have the perfect uh, doctrine that I believe that, that all I can do is uh, make my my next best guess as to to what I should do. I won't know if I'm in the center of God's will. I will have to to trust that God is bigger than my errors and my stumbling around trying to to figure out what to do next and and how to to live for him. Yeah, that's so brilliant and that's exactly right on. We just we are in his hands and uh eventually that's where we have to get. Like you said, I mean, you can only do the best you can and uh trust the rest to the Lord and um hopefully not let yourself get in these this place of overthinking. I think it's great how it seems like the therapy is more about reassurance that what you are experiencing in your head is a what if. It's not real. It's not like you mentioned on your uh, to your website too. Uh, a real threat would be walking into uh, the street and having a truck almost hit you. That's a real threat. Mm-hmm. As opposed to imagining that and getting all worked up and having a panic attack, a panic attack about something that's not real, that's just in the imagination. Yeah, anxiety is about basically about what might happen that we have little to no evidence for. And so, um, I mean, even when I help people who have experienced traumatic events, we, I don't reassure them that nothing bad is going to happen in the future, right? I, I right. don't have that ability to give them certainty that they won't experience another traumatic event in their life. But so I, I help them accept that, that while that may or may not happen, um, they're going to they're gonna miss out on living 
Right. They don't resume their normal activities at some point. And so we don't resume their normal activities after they get certainty that nothing bad's ever going to happen to them again. We resume their activities while we accept that something bad may happen right. and that no amount of avoidance behavior is going to prevent it. Right. Absolutely. Well, how can people find you? Where can they reach out to you if they want to talk to you further? Uh, well, you can look up uh, anxiety experts on Google and um, you will, it's under andreacolberg.com. The name of my website is andreacolberg.com, which is uh, spelled Andrea K-U-L-B-E-R-G. And, um, we can certainly do a, a little phone intake with you and offer you telehealth or in-person therapy appointments. We do telehealth in California, Washington, and Colorado, and we have three locations here in Southern California and Santa Barbara, Montecito, and Ventura. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Well, listeners, reach out to Dr. Kohlberg. If you need any further help, she's there. And uh, I love you so much. I thank you so much for your time and all your wisdom on this. And uh, once again, that's Dr. Andrea Kohlberg, Clinical Director of Anxiety Experts. So thank you for listening to SoCal Live today. I'm Mark Ray, your guest host, and we'll be right back. Hello and welcome once again to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Mark Ray, and I hope you're having a blessed Thanksgiving week as Thanksgiving hits us tomorrow. And I do say hits that hits us because for some people, the holidays is, uh, you may not be part of an uh, intact, healthy family. You may have relatives you don't relish seeing during the holidays. Maybe they cause you uh, undue anxieties and you have decided to uh, entertain what ifs about, oh my gosh, what if I run into uncle so-and-so? Or it could be even a, a sibling, you know? So you've got to uh, pray about these things, ask God for grace and extra mercy as you uh, approach your family gatherings for some of you. And again, I want to exhort you from Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication, and for you that want a definition of supplication, asking earnestly or humbly. So by prayer or asking earnestly and humbly with thanksgiving. Don't forget the thanksgiving. It's tomorrow. Let your request be made known to God. So bring that concern, those anxious thoughts, that tendency to do what ifs to the Lord and lay it as his, at his feet because the Holy Spirit is there to help you. Again, the Holy Spirit is the comforter and is going to bring comfort to you. And uh, it's very important that you not forget that. Um, in fact, once again, 2 Corinthians thirteen four. speaking of comfort, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble 
with the comfort we ourselves receive from the Lord. So that's the kind of comfort we're supposed to be granting, gifting, blessing others with is the same comfort that God grants us with. So in uh, reflecting on anxiety, um, maybe you do suffer from anxiety disorders. You know, there are several types. Uh, My sister-in-law, Dr. Colbert, talked about some. We mentioned panic disorders, phobias, separation anxieties, PTSD, which is one that I struggle with. Uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, like overeating. That's another area that you need to pray for grace and mercy and seek professional help if indeed you feel that you need that added assistance to be able to uh, get a handle on that in your life. You know, anxiety can cause you to get stuck. For a lot of people, they get stuck in indecision, uh, worrying about making the wrong choice. And like my sister-in-law mentioned, life is a series of guesses, and that's why we have to rely on the Lord. We don't know what lies ahead. Uh, Like I said, with regards to my bike crash, I thought I was going on a leisurely bike uh, ride with some great riders, had no idea I was going to wind up uh, an inch and a half from death or paralysis, and that's that. You know, that was just the best guess of the day was I was going to keep up with 29-year-old riders and come on out the other side with them going, wow, you got this nailed, Mark. You're great. Well, anyway, the Lord is my greatness, and he is made strong in my weakness. And with your best guess and you're putting it in the Lord's hands, you're in the best place you could possibly be. So don't forget that. We have to learn how to put uh, the stuff that's linked with indecision into the Lord's hands. And, and again, as I said earlier, instead we just have to say, I can only do the best that I can do. Uh, and another area, too, uh, that, that a lot of people struggle with is uh, high expectations. Uh, when those aren't met, when you overshoot your expectations uh, of, let's say, a holiday gathering, And you think, wow, this is going to be so fantastic. And things don't work out quite the way you think. You wind up disappointed. Uh, We need to learn how to manage our expectations in a more healthy way. Letting ourselves be human, for heaven's sakes. That's one of the things that I learned through my grief experience as well is, yeah, there's going to be moments. People, even to this day, will ask me questions about at my check stand constantly. People will ask me, hey, Mark. How did you wind up in Big Bear Lake? And I will tell them it was a bucket list item of my late wife. She wanted us to live in Big Bear, and she thought it would be a great place for me to retire. And nine times out of ten, I'm emotionally stable. I have no issues. And every one in ten, I will start to tear up. And I have to ask the the uh, customer in front of me on the other side of the check stand to forgive me for my emotional uh, um my emotions because, you know, it's obviously still something that I struggle with every day, you know, putting it back in the Lord's hands. Another thing is making sure that over the holidays, you don't overschedule yourself. A lot of people tend to do that. It's very important to have boundaries. It's very important to make sure that you say, uh, maybe, <laughs> if you're not going to, you don't have to commit guys. 
You can say maybe, or I'll, I'll hang out. Like Joe Stangle said in the first hour, you need to have an escape plan. If you're at an, uh, uh, an event and you feel like uh, you're overwhelmed by all of it, you can excuse yourself. You don't have to. If you're starting to feel anxious about your environment, hey, go outside, get a breath of fresh air. You know, again, proving that you are good enough, not getting overwhelmed. Uh, what are you trying to prove, right? Why am I doing this? You got to stop and ask yourself that. Who am I trying to impress? Because, uh, again, you can't sprint a marathon, guys. You've got to go at a sustainable pace. And you have to stop and ponder the moment. I love that expression. Stop and ponder the moment. Uh, Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Well, take a deep breath. Excuse yourself. Go get some air. Or maybe go home. Maybe you're okay. All right? Another thing, of course, is overthinking. Anxiety causes us to obsess, you know. Uh, And again, with that, we have to learn how to trust Ourself more. We have to uh, understand our vulnerability as well. Um, and last but not least, uh, having ba- having appropriate boundaries, not planning too much, uh, not letting yourself be crushed under the weight of the holidays. Again, ba- making sure you you and your personal health is a priority. You don't need to prove yourself. Who are you proving yourself to? You don't need to be overly concerned about others' perceptions and judgments and opinions of you. We need to keep our eyes on our own journey, and that includes our life with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's more important than anybody's approval, anybody's um, opinion is our walk with him. Not being too hard on yourself. Self-judgment causes more anxiety. You know, being more compassionate. Try that. Be more compassionate to yourself and you will be healthier in the process. Once again, I'm Mark Ray, your guest host today on SoCal Live. Hoping you're having a blessed Thanksgiving week. I know all the festivities begin for many of you tomorrow. And wrapping up today, I just want to thank Joe Stengel uh, from Grief Share Uh, for his kind time and words of wisdom in helping any of you out there who have been struggling through grief. And again, with the holidays, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of times we think about loss. And as I mentioned, uh, the first year is usually the most challenging, but it doesn't go away. I'm approaching my fourth holiday season, um, and this is always a time where I have to stop and reflect. And like I said, just even things like putting up ornaments or how I'm going to do my, my Christmas decorations have a lot to do with my emotional well-being. And then with regards to our second hour today, talking about anxiety and all the different things that we have to uh, calculate as we approach the holidays and we have friends and family and coworkers that have expectations on us and our time and our behavior, we have to make sure that we put our ourselves and our own health, that we step back, make sure we don't overcommit, we get the rest we need, we eat correctly, and we take care of ourselves. And that will give us a much more healthy 
holiday experience overall. I thank you so much for uh, having me with you here today at KKLA 99.5 FM. It's been such a blessing to be able to share these thoughts. Again, I'm Mark Ray, your guest host, and I thank you for the time. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 